Hello everyone, we are back with yet another episode of Let's Talk Trends. I'm Dawn, Content and Communications Lead of Lion Global Investors. Thank you so much for being with us here today. In this series, I will be chatting with investment professionals and industry experts to discuss market insights and trending topics in a casual and lighthearted manner. This podcast also aims to provide investing tips and actionable ideas for beginners looking to dip their toe into the world of finance. So, we are super excited to announce that we have just launched our live OCBC Securities Low Carbon ETF on 11th April, with our listing date to be on 28th April this month. This is our third ETF collaboration with OCBC Securities after the Hang Seng Tech ETF and China Leaders ETF. The Singapore Low Carbon ETF is the first low carbon ETF in Singapore. It tracks the IHOCBC Singapore Low Carbon Select 50 Capped Index, which consists of the top 50 companies by free float market capitalization that are representative of Singapore's real and financial economy and have a lower low carbon footprint and involvement in fossil fuels. The index provides investors with an effective tool for limiting exposure of their portfolios to carbon risk. We believe that the ETF could not have come at a more opportune time given the growing awareness of climate change and its profound impact on the planet, people and profits among investors. With the ETF, we hope to help our customers achieve not only their financial goals, but also their aspirations to contribute to a more sustainable world. In other words, to do good for their portfolio and our planet. The Lion OCBC Securities Singapore Low Carbon ETF reaffirms the OCBC Group's strategy to expand our unique product offerings available to customers. This collaboration also showcases the synergies within the group by combining the fund management expertise of Lion Global Investors with the strategic focus of OCBC Securities in bringing global securities to customers. In today's episode, I'm joined by two, not one like our usual podcast, guests. They are Lion Global's Chief Investment Strategist, Lim Yun, and our ETF Product Specialist, Ong Chun Xiang. We will discuss some of the key questions that we have received on the ETF. So welcome to my two very special guests. So first question will be to Lim Yun. First up, why should investors care about climate risk? We should all care about climate risk because it is real and the transition to a low carbon future is becoming urgent. Globally, it has triggered floods, droughts and hurricanes causing massive destruction and loss of lives. Climate change affects you and me on a daily basis and this is set to continue for our next generation, be it our children or even grandchildren. Many governments worldwide have recognised this impact from climate change and have started to tackle them with initiatives such as the Paris Agreement and 2021 United Nations Climate Change Conference. Many countries around the world have also committed to net zero emissions by 2050, together with policies such as carbon tax and incentives to push this agenda. 
For example, the Singapore government recently announced an additional carbon tax to force businesses to transit to a lower carbon future. For companies that are unable or unwilling to reduce their carbon footprint, they will face the consequence of having their share price being priced lower or being unable to get access to funding. From an investment standpoint, climate risk is a financial risk. There are many investors who do not fully appreciate how climate risk translates into financial risk and are not actively managing this risk in their portfolios. Yes, indeed. I think now more than ever, we need an ETF that is representative of this global transition to low carbon and more reflective of companies that are helping Singapore transit to a low carbon economy. For investors like you and I, investing through a low-carbon ETF instantly provides you with a convenient and affordable way to invest in an emerging low-carbon economy. With that said, Jinxiang, please give us a quick lowdown on what the ETF is all about. Thank you, Don. This ETF is Singapore's first low-carbon ETF, and it will pay semi-annual distributions. The investment objective is to replicate the IH OCBC Singapore Low Carbon Select 50 Capped Index. This index aims to track the top 50 Singapore companies, including REITs and business trusts, by free float market capitalization that are representative of Singapore's real and financial economy, with a focus on index decarbonization through the reduction of the index weighted average carbon intensity also known as WACI. We decided to use low carbon and specifically WACI because it is one of the world's most measurable, trackable, and objective criteria within the ESG, which stands for environmental, social, and governance space. WACI is measured in tons of CO2 emissions per million dollar of revenue. Compared to the Straits Times Index and MSCI Singapore Index, this index has the lowest vacuity of 60.9 as of 31st March 2022, emitting the lowest CO2 per million dollar of revenue. From a performance perspective, based on SJX's backtested data, this index cumulatively outperformed the other two indices on a 3-year, 5-year, and 10-year time horizon. This demonstrates that investors do not have to sacrifice returns with a lower carbon portfolio. These top 50 Singapore companies have also passed key filters on free float market cap, carbon intensity, and liquidity. The beauty of this index is that it is not only restricted to Singapore-listed companies. So foreign-listed Singapore companies like C and Flex are also part of the universe. It excludes companies that do not report carbon data Fossil fuel companies, for example, like Samcorp or ComfortDelGo, which owns carbon-emitting taxis. The bottom 10% with the highest carbon emissions within the same sector, for example, Starhub within the telco sector, is also excluded. Companies with a market cap above 200 billion US dollars will have a 10% weightage cap. Companies with market cap below 200 billion US dollars will have a 7% weightage cap. Okay, great. Thanks so much. I believe this is an opportune moment to discuss the broader Singapore market outlook. Uh, just to set the macro stage for our listeners, since this ETF is representative of the Singapore economy. So, Limir, over to you. Thank you, Don. 
We have a positive view of the Singapore stock market. We think that 2022 would be a year whereby the Singapore economy gets a boost from the reopening and normalization of travels as the world learns to live with COVID-19. It has brought base benefits to many industries here, like travels, transportation, hospitality, and gaming. Within Singapore, allowing for larger dining groups would also boost retail earnings, which would benefit retail REITs and some consumer names. Office demand would also increase as people start working in offices again. We would also like to point out that interest rate hikes by the US Federal Reserve is not negative for the Singapore market, as the interest rate hikes are done when economic growth was strong. Incidentally, rate hikes actually benefits the banking sector, which is a significant segment of the Singapore stock market. Lastly, there is also the positive sentiment from the wave of positive restructuring among some of the larger Singapore companies. Okay, great. If I may just stop you there, I want to follow up on your positive view on the Singapore market. Here to date, the Singapore market has done pretty well, up about 8%, I think, a decent performance, I would say. So do you think that this performance is sustainable, i.e., do we have more legs to run? And how should we think about valuations at this point? The Singapore market is trading at a consensus forward price earnings ratio of 14 times, which is not excessive compared to historical averages. And earnings growth forecast for this year is decent at around 14%. I think a correction, for example, from geopolitical tensions, provides investors with an opportunity to invest in the Singapore market. And they could also do good for the environment by choosing the low-carbon ETF. Okay, great. So now we have established that we do have a positive medium-term outlook on the Singapore market, which is great because it will feed through to our view of our low-carbon ETF. So the thing is, we do have a few indices that track the Singapore market. There's the Straits Times Index and the MSCI Singapore. So investors do have a few options to play on this positive view. Now the question is, what is the difference between our ETF and these indices? Thank you, Don. In terms of sector breakdown, the ETF's weightage in all economy sectors like financials is lower. But the weightage in new economy sectors like tech is higher. So this is unlike the Straits Times Index that has no single security weightage cap. And if you notice, there is also zero allocation to utilities, which is a high carbon and fossil fuel sector. If we look even deeper and compare the top 10 constituents between this index, MSCI Singapore Index, and the Straits Times Index, this feature of enhanced diversification is even clearer. The top 10 constituents of the other peer indices already account for more than 70%, while the top 10 constituents of this index is only 55%. Right, so actually I realised that, interestingly, the back-tested IHOCBC Singapore Low Carbon Index has outperformed the other two index that we've mentioned, uh, that is the Straits Times Index and the MSCI Singapore Index. So what drove the outperformance? And can we allude part of that outperformance uh, to the ESG strategies that are being undertaken by these companies? From a performance perspective, Based on SGX backtested data, the index cumulatively outperformed the other two indices on a three-year, five-year, and 10-year time horizon. 
So this is important because it demonstrates that investors do not have to sacrifice returns in a low-carbon portfolio. And this outperformance observed in the backtested data of this index is primarily attributed to the inclusion of foreign-listed companies at an earlier period than the MSCI Singapore Index. When controlled for such differences in the timing of inclusion, the performance between this index and MSCI Singapore is actually comparable. This is expected as the index aims to track companies that are representative of Singapore's real and financial economy, together with criteria on minimal involvement in the fossil fuel sectors and screening based on scope one and scope two greenhouse gas emissions per unit of revenue. Climate strategies, particularly this index, present investors the opportunity to gain diversified exposure to Singapore's real and financial economy, widening the investment universe beyond companies just listed in Singapore while reducing the carbon footprints of their investment portfolios. Okay, so this is super interesting to me, especially the point you make that investors don't have to sacrifice returns in a low-carbon portfolio. Because I think the broad perception in the marketplace is that a lot of these ESG initiatives are very costly and they can be kind of a headwind to profitability and bottom line. However, I think now the perception has changed and well, in fact, reality as well, that people are focusing on this being a positive that will ultimately support sustainability and create long-term value to the companies and their stakeholders. Okay, so let's flip it around, right? From an ESG angle, how should investors view this product versus our peers? Uh, are there any ESG ETFs listed on the exchange and how do we stand? ESG investing is growing at a phenomenon rate and has become mainstream in many parts of the world, especially Europe and increasingly the US. Bloomberg Intelligence estimates that global ESG assets may hit 41 trillion US dollars this year, from 35 trillion in 2020. The amount is expected to surpass 50 trillion by 2025, making up one third of the projected total assets under management worldwide. So it's not surprising that fund managers are jumping onto the ESG bandwagon here in Singapore. In October 2021, Lysol Asset Management changed the underlying index of its SGX-listed ETF to MSCI China Select ESG Rating and Trend Leaders Index, whose constituents show a robust ESG profile. The following month, UOB Asset Management listed its APEC Green REIT ETF, whose REIT holdings display relatively better environmental performance. The Lion OCBC Security Singapore Low Carbon ETF is unique in the sense that it is the first low carbon ETF in Singapore. Its focus is on the reduction of weighted average carbon intensity or WACI of the portfolio with WACI being the only matrix recommended by the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures for climate reporting by fund managers to their clients. Okay, thanks so much. I think it's a very insightful indeed because investors always ask, uh, how do we compare to our peers, right? So now we have touched on the outlook, we've discussed a few of our peers kind of sectorially. Let's drill deeper and delve into the constituents of the ETF to give investors a flavor of these names. 
Compared to other broad-based Singapore ETFs, what are some of the interesting companies we can find in this ETF? Indeed, there are quite a few. You will see many familiar names, local retail favourites such as Netlink, iFast, Sengxiong and Nanofilm. At the same time, you will find foreign listed entities like C, Flex, BOC Aviation and Razor. These companies are either domiciled or incorporated in Singapore. If you are not aware by now, the Lion OCBC Security Singapore Low Carbon ETF conveniently bundles them together for investors. Let me touch on C Limited since it is among the top five holdings of the ETF. We all know it is the leading consumer internet company found in Singapore. Back in October last year, C was in the news as its share price hit a high of 370 US dollars, making it the largest company in Southeast Asia by market capitalization. But do you know, C was established in 2009 with a mission to enhance the lives of people and businesses through technology according to its group CEO Forrest Lee. The company has identified six key sustainability priorities including environment and corporate governance. It tracks and reports on matters related to sustainability across its operation. In 2021, C worked with local organizations to build a series of water pumps in remote rural areas in, in Indonesia to provide clean water to villagers who prior to this had to walk more than two kilometers to draw water. C can be found in our ETF as it meets the stringent criteria, including that of a lower carbon intensity value and qualifies for inclusion in the IHOCBC Singapore Low Carbon Select 50 Capped Index. Well, thanks so much. You know, this is super interesting because C is such a household name and I think a lot of people know about this company. But however, I do think that their sustainability priorities might be quite unknown to most of our investors. So it's really, really, uh, I'm really, really glad that you brought all of this up uh, in the podcast. So speaking of individual companies, right, I'm going to ask kind of a spicier question why are controversial stocks uh, like Wilma, BOC Aviation and Olam considered low-carbon and hence being selected into the index? Thank you, Don, for your spicy question. Wilma is an investment holding company that engages in the processing, merchandising and distribution of agricultural products. It operates through segments such as tropical oils, oil seeds, grains, and sugar. Investors generally raise concerns with its operations in palm oil. However, palm oil is a key ingredient required in many products, such as cosmetics and food. Do you know that palm oil is actually a key ingredient in chocolate, such as Ferrero Rocher and Hershey's? So in fact, it is one of the better alternatives amongst the different oils due to its yield efficiency. So the main concern with palm oil practices is with the burning practices and labor rights issues. So it is still possible to have sustainable palm oil practices that address the main concerns of sustainability. The same also applies for Olam Group Limited, which engages in the sourcing, processing, 
packaging, and merchandising of agricultural products. So in summary, the main concerns surrounding such agricultural companies are on the sustainable agricultural practices. Thanks very much. That is super interesting about all these companies. And this is a question indeed. We get a lot from investors uh, with why are some of these controversial stocks, I would say, being uh, selected into the index. Okay, now I think we have indeed established that this is a very compelling investment opportunity. So here is the last million dollar question and arguably the most important question, how do investors get started? Thank you, Don. This question is indeed extremely important. We are pleased to share with everyone here that the application period for the Lion OCBC Securities Singapore Low Carbon ETF is from 11th of April to 21st of April. There are two ways you can go about subscribing for this ETF during IOP. First, you can place an order through any of the eight participating dealers, which include OCBC Securities, CGS CIMB Securities, Flow Traders, Futu Singapore, IFAS Financial, Philip Securities, Tiger Brokers, and UOB Kahian. But kindly note that fees and charges may vary among the different participating dealers. Second, you can also apply for the ETF through the ATM or Internet Banking Network of OCBC and DBS Bank, if you are their customers. For this channel, there is only an application fee of SING $2. No other fees and charges apply. The issued price of each unit is set at $1 SING dollar. And upon listing, the ETF will be available to trade in both Singapore and US dollars. Thanks so much, Jin Xiang. I think now all our investors and listeners will know how we should do good for our portfolio and our planet. So here we are at the end of our podcast. Thank you so much to everyone for dialing in. And thank you so much to my two very special guests. Catch you guys next week. Disclaimer, this advertisement has not been reviewed by the Monetary Authority of Singapore. It is for information only and is not a recommendation, offer or solicitation. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future performance. You should read the prospectus available at www.lionglobalinvestors.com before deciding whether to invest in the ETF. The value of units in the ETF and any accruing income may fall or rise.